You are listening to PLV Radio Network. Join us in celebrating all of life's possibilities with inspirational, illuminating and insightful talk shows. Welcome back to another edition of Ask Sarah. I'm your host, Sarah Troy. This week we're going to be talking about communication. I believe today there is a loss of touch and communication. The fingers are doing all the walking. That was great when it was for the yellow pages and becoming your advertising. But today it seems to be that we are losing touch, literally touch, with each other. We're so busy with our thumbs and fingers texting swirling, writing, everything on a gadget, that we're losing the art of communication. By going to my poster this week, you actually see a wonderful video put out by a young man called Can We Auto-Correct Humanity? He's a poet, he's beautifully put it together, and what he has to say is extremely poignant. Now is the time to connect with life, real life, living life, feeling and participating in life. The eye to eye, the words to spoken words, face to face, heart to heart, or become the robot you fear, disconnected, all about blood, feeling and touch and love. This is what we need today. This is what we need. There is a most beautiful vibration and aura that it goes around conversation. When people are at a table with each other, looking into each other's eyes or touching each other's hands or just generally in that wonderful aura and vibration of communication, laughter, insightfulness, wisdom, fun, it just becomes something that really feeds you more than your mind but your heart, your soul and your spirit. There's nothing to beat good conversation around a good table of food. But we seem to have lost this now. Yes, I'm 60. I've joined the era of the old farts. What do I know I'm so old? Well, I know from my years of wisdom that looking at you, texting, a friend that's sitting next to you, that you're out for dinner with people and you're on your phone all the time, that you have learnt some very bad habits. One of the things is, it's plain, outright rude. If you are with someone, if you need your phone for business, or you need because the kids are going to call, and you need it for emergencies, everybody understands that kind of call. But if you're on your phone, texting, writing, um, looking things up, watching videos, uh, or you pick it up all the time, then what you are showing is utter disrespect for the people that you're with. No, it isn't clever. And we go back to another conversation that I had some time ago about the instant gratification. Why do you feel you have to have all your experiences right now in this moment all clumped in together? Why do you feel that you don't have to do the work or participate in life or learn the wisdoms through life experience and that you should now know it all right now without doing anything. Where do you think you're going to get all that data if not by life experience and learning? 
do you want to become the robot? Because a robot can download a great deal of data. Very simple. Have a hard drive. It can consume a great deal of information. It can assess that information based on the programming. And it can carry a great deal of information. The old phrase, Google it. If you need to know something, Google it, and Google it will give you the answer. That is fantastic. It is a computer. It's extremely convenient. It can make life very easy. I'm all for that. But I'm not for you becoming that Google and having to download all your information because you're unwilling to experience it. You're unwilling to learn it. You're unwilling to participate in it. There are a great deal of many flaws in you trying to live a robotic life. Not only do you lose the art of communication, but you're losing, in spades, the art of understanding. Wisdom isn't a 140 statement of from Twitter. Statements are wonderful. They're thought-provoking. They're meant to incite conversation and give you information. Your life isn't meant to be made in a 140-letter statement. That is not conversation. That is not definition. That is not an assessment of your intellect or your knowingness or your inquiry. It is purely a statement. And we are not statement people. That statement is provoke conversation. Conversation is more than 140 characters. So, can you see the warning signs? You know, um, I have an old phone, a good old um, black, whatever it's called, a 3G. I can get texts and I can do phone calls. That's it. I'm on my computer all day long doing work. This is where I'll communicate with you. I use Skype or other recordings to phone people to do my interviews. I run everything from my computer. I absolutely love the technology that allows me to do that. But I use it for what it is. It is a tool. A tool that when used wisely will help you to grow in understanding, in purpose and in abundance. It isn't a a replacement for your own intellect for your own communication, for your own understanding. Many, many years ago, there were the TV shows called The Twilight Zone. And they came out with another version of that, I think back in the 80s, called Outer Limits. And there was one story they did one time that I found quite profound. Everybody had a chip in their head. Any information they needed, they just said, download it. And so they never had any need to retain information. They never had any need to have a conversation. Everything was just download, 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 and there was the data. Didn't often know what to do with the data unless they were told what to do with the data. There was a young man that was considered dumb and stupid because for some reason he couldn't have a chip in his head. It didn't work or whatever. And he actually did the reading of books. And he wrote by hand. And he investigated and inquired and and went down the historical road of knowledge. Well, unbeknownst to these people, this 200-year-old computer was getting fried because nobody had left instructions how to handle it, 
and everybody in the community, their chips went down dead. Suddenly, they can't download the information anymore. They don't know how to read. They don't know how to communicate. And so what ends up happening? The dumb one is at the head of the classroom, teaching people how to read, how to communicate, how to write, all over again. See, this is the beautiful warning about the dangers of technology. It is a tool. It is a machine. It is something that allows you to do what you do better. It isn't a replacement of you. Now, I don't know if anybody saw the great movie iRobot with uh, Will Smith. Great movie. That robot had so much character. And, you know, a robot you would love to meet. Why are we wanting or desiring to become a robot? When in every movie you ever see, a robot is always desiring to become human. A robot can carry all that information, knows what to do with that data, lives in that logic, maybe have super strength. But they are devoid of feeling. They're, they're devoid of the ability to touch. They don't have that empathy that we are meant to have as humans. They can't hold someone in their arms and feel the flesh. They can't make love and feel the euphoria. They can't hold a newborn in their arms and feel that precious life. They can't kiss and feel the sensation of those lips. They can't hug and feel the joy that a hug would do in feeding our soul and our heart. They can't do any of that. For every movie that's ever been put out there, a robot has wanted to do it, like The Centennial Man with Robin Williams. Brilliant movie. Please understand that all of these things that you have are mechanical instruments in order to aid you to live your life more productively. They are not here to replace your intellect. They are not here to replace your activity. They are not here to replace your emotion. Please understand that when you are sitting in front of somebody on your phone, half listening to them, you are showing absolute disgrace of manners. You are being so disrespectful to the, that person you're with. When you feel you can only communicate through texting, Instagramming, or wherever else you can do from your phone, tablets, Facebooking and everything, you are abstaining from responsibility because it's so easy to post a picture, isn't it? It's so easy to post a statement. It's not in front of you. If that picture or that statement has hurt someone, you're not there to see what you've done. You're not there to see the pain. And we're at cyberbullying today being forever rampant and literally killing people. A young girl was raped, it was videoed, it was put out there. She couldn't live with the shame and the embarrassment and she committed suicide. Why were those people not charged with murder? They should have been. When it's so easy for you to post something, make fun of it, degrade and belittle people, it's cowardly. It's pure and utter cowardness. 
If you are at odds with someone, face them. Speak to them. Talk it out. Why do you have differences? Why are you so afraid of other people who are different? What is it about that person's skin that makes you fear and shake so much that you have to become the bully? What is it about somebody else's faith that threatens you? What is it about somebody else who has a different intellect to you? Wouldn't you be more fruitful if you actually got to know these people? A little bit of them, like a smoker's board, a little spice of information here, a little knowledge of culture there, a little delight of perspective from here, and put it together in your own feast of repertoire. Wouldn't we all be so much more fruitful? Yes, we would. Communication is the bottom seed importance foundation to everything we do. A lack of communication, a wrong communication, a misguided communication, a mi- uh, communication from fear or judgment, um, narrow-mindedness, uh, racism, hate, and laziness. Oh yeah, you really can put laziness in there because people have become lazy in their speech, lazy in their use of words. Everything becomes F this and F that because it's easy. Hey, I use the word too now and again. I use it when it is something that is speaking to something that I don't like. It's it's a statement. It's not a language that is to be used for every second word. If you do not wish to speak in your language and use the words that are out there that are so beautiful, if you're not willing to speak in a tone that is inviting and receptive, if you're not willing to look at that person in the eye when you communicate, you are being disrespectful. You are showing your ignorance. By being lazy, you are showing that disrespect, that laziness, that assumption that you're more important. Laziness is is awful. Because it means that you're either abstaining from participation or you feel that your participation with whatever you do is enough. And then you're going to get the results according to that. And what are those results going to be? Now, I'm not saying that everybody has to sit down and, and articulate for an hour of you know profound dialogue. But I'm saying is that when you do have a dialogue with someone, you speak not only from the tongue, you speak from the mind, the heart, the soul, and the spirit. And if you do not speak from that, then you're being half-assed. Sometimes a one-minute conversation spoken from all of your senses in respect to the person you're speaking to can be something that could be so utterly profound to carry you through your life. Then you've got the other people that will speak for an hour of just regurgitating discontents, bitching and moaning and groaning and really nothing to contribute. 
conspiracy theorists. Oh, how they love to talk about what's wrong here and what's wrong there and this politician here and that wall there and this, that there and that, that there. God forbid you should actually come in with a different perspective and perhaps a solution to the problem. They don't want to know that. They love the hysteria of the conspiracy. Now, do I agree with them that there's a conspiracy? Yes, most of the time I do. Yeah, of course this conspiracy is going on in all that government all the time. They're underhanded, they're deceitful, they're liars and they're controlling. Of course, I understand that. But what are you going to do about it? Are you part of that dramatic group, the CNN effect that loves to listen to hysteria and pass it on and get people all riled up into panic? Why? It cripples people. It cripples you from finding a solution. Or do you present the problem and go, okay, let's all open our minds here. What can we do about it? No, I'm not saying take up arms or go to war or shoot somebody in the head. That ain't a solution, folks. We're not talking about the walking dead and killing zombies here. We're talking about a different type of mindset, a different type of approach, a different type of solution that cannot come from hysteria. It comes from open-mindedness and be willing to listen to everybody's opinion and looking at how collectively we can come up with a solution that benefits everybody. You know what? You might have to think a little harder to find a peaceful resolution. Everybody would like to take up a gun and just obliterate the problem. But it's not meant to be that easy. I watch shoot 'em up movies. Hey, The Walking Dead, how many bullets did they put off in those every week? I watch it because I love to see how people come together. Everybody's lost somebody. Everybody's looking for a connection and a home and a family again. And through circumstances, they've come together and they embrace each other as family. And surviving together. And they know that if they don't openly, honestly work together and in communication with each other, they will not survive. So please do not tell me you're having a conversation with somebody by text or by Twitter. It is a tool. I use Twitter to promote my shows or to make a statement or to follow somebody. I use Facebooks to share and make comments and follow people and celebrate people's lives. I use all of those things. I use Pinterest, which is mostly pictures, to celebrate the beauty through communication through your eyes, through pictures. We can communicate on so many levels, but the moment you abstain from communicating from your senses, sight, sound, feel, touch, smell, touch, the moment you stop doing that, you are becoming robotic. I have something to say to you kids if any of you kids are listening. Life isn't an instant app. Life isn't an instant download. Life isn't instant gratification. Now, you're impatient. You're in a hurry to get what you want in life. You don't want to go through the hard work that we went through. You want it now. That's because you're young. Hey, I was like that too. But I didn't have phones cell phones. I mean, it was even harder enough to get a landline back where I was when I was living in South Africa. We had TV, but actually no even TV in South Africa when I lived there. We had to do that thing of actually 
meeting people in places or having them around to your home or going to their home and communicating. Talk with one another. We used to have an open house every Sunday night, a potluck, where everybody would just bring a dish by. And we would share each other's food and share conversation. You never know which way it was going to go. And it was delightful. You're missing out on that when your head is permanently down on a damn tablet or phone. Not only that, you're changing your posture. With your neck permanently down, you're causing spinal disorders. With your thumb constantly working, you're causing um, carpal syndrome disorders. Your eyes constantly twitching to see something small. You're affecting your eyes. Um, you have become intolerant to anything beyond a 10 seconds instruction. You've become impatient because it's not instant gratification. But you wonder why you're permanently hungry. You're physically hungry. You're mentally hungry. Your heart is hungry. Your soul and your spirit is hungry because you are not taking the time to feed it. You're not taking the time to take in life, to participate in life, to enjoy what life has to give. This video by this young man is absolutely brilliant. He's very fluent in his poetry and what he says. Absolutely correct. If we do not start communicating properly with each other, we're going to lose our humanity. And it's already happening. You will see a picture there of a beautiful woman with a robot, the same robot from my robots. And yeah, I suppose if you watched, uh, oh gosh, there was another movie with Jude Law in it as a robot many years ago, and he was a gigolo. Yeah, probably great sex from a gigolo. Mechanical. Great mechanical. But where's that touch? You know when a man touches you, or a woman touches you, and it's that light, soft touch. It could be on your arm, it could be anywhere in your body, and you feel that connection, you feel that energy, you feel that vibration. Or you just look at each other and there's a knowingness between you. Or you say something and they finish off your sentence because you're connected. Or you can wrap each other in each other's arms and truly feel that wonderful connection of love. Please tell me how your cell phone can give that to you. Please. Because I don't believe it can. So next time you're sitting across the table with someone and you bring out your phone and you're busy texting somebody else, please understand that this is the epitome of bad manners. It shows an ignorance and an arrogance about you of how you are not either wishing to be there or you don't care to be there or you don't care who they are, that you're not going to give them your undivided attention. I carry my phone with me because it's my business line. If somebody calls, I have to take it. I let the person know I need to take it or I will call you back. I do not text while I'm on that phone. And I respect other people have to do that too. But for somebody to take a personal call or a chat or be texting while I'm talking to them is, why am I there? You don't want to be with me. You want to be with your phone. It shows a lack of respect. If you have to be on your phone all the time and you're incapable of communicating or you can't put your phone down in my company, I don't want you. I don't want you in my vicinity. 
you're using it to do to do a message or receive a call or you've had to make an appointment for your business I fully understand but you're there busy on your phone doing this that etc all the time while you're with me it just tells me you don't want to be in my company so therefore I don't want to be in yours why should I you're not willing to give me the time of day your phone's getting all the attention now please tell me what you're going to learn from your phone there are many people out there that with a conversation are going to give you such incredible wisdom an enormous amount of tools but you're not listening because you're too busy texting let us not even get into the fact of text and driving has overtaken drunken driving now overtaken drunken driving that is horrific no you cannot look down at your phone and text somebody and also drive you can't do it I'm sorry you can't do it the same way as alcohol will null your senses you cannot have your eyes down on one thing and also at the same time be on the road sorry impossible you've only got two eyes and they're down on that damn phone you need them out on the street so if you kill somebody because of text driving that's murder mate you know you shouldn't be texting same way as a drunkard being behind the wheel you know you shouldn't be driving and it's about time you understood that and you understand the consequences of it there was a video posted a little while ago on Facebook that was horrific it was a couple getting married in the middle of the service the service she brings out a phone from her bosom texts somebody and shoves it back into her bosom and the guy just looks at her horrified and she doesn't even look at him oh my god I would have annulled that immediately don't carry on I don't want to marry her you can bring out your phone and text in the middle of your own ceremony oh my god oh my god beyond funny scary totally scary see you know I know the phones have got everything on it my son plays games a great deal on the phone word games and and uh, working against the time clock or doing it with other people great great minds and, and cognitive skills but if I'm with you I don't want you doing that I want us to have some time together I understand if you get a call business I understand but if I'm hanging out at your house and you're doing it very well but if we are together having a conversation no I'm sorry I don't accept that from anybody because it's plain rude now as I said the computer my appointments come through I set them up through the computer I keep the nine to five hours I check things in the evening before I go to bed and obviously through the weekend if you don't hear back from me immediately it's because I don't have an iPhone and I'm not there for instant gratification or instant messaging I'm not there and we've become a slave to the fact that people want us to get back to them immediately they want us to be available 24 7 they want us to be at their beck and call and you have to set your boundaries have two phones maybe one phone that is just family or whatever and the other one or click that sign on your phone that says out of office leave a message you have to do something that when you get home or when you're with friends or you're with family it's now their time it's not business time now you know 
it's great to kind of take a picture and post it to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever and celebrating something. Great. That's fun. That's fine. As long as it's not at the, at the sacrifice of when you're with somebody who wants to talk to you. At some point, we have to switch business off. And we also have to understand that if people do keep those nine to five hours and they don't work with you in the evening, that you respect that they actually do have a life outside of their work and respect that. We've made it that we have to work 24-7 by being available 24-7 and that is dictating our lives and not compartmentalizing our lives, which is what we need to do. So, folks, we need physical connection. We need to look in each other's eyes. We need to know what the smell and the touch and how it is to feel. The more and more you give in to these machines, the more you're abstaining from that. You're running away from that. And I guarantee you, I promise you, I, I, I give you absolutely certification that at some point you are going to have to face your own life. Take ownership and responsibility of your own choices. You are going to have to be a participant in life on all of your sensories, soul, heart, mind and spirit. Because if you don't, you've missed the point of being here. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. If you just decide to have a mind experience and nothing else, no interaction, no participation, just that instant mind gratification, you've become the robot. Just data going in, data going out, no consequences, no feeling, no attachment. Really ask yourself, do I want to live a life as a robot? Or do I want to be a human conscious being that works on all senses, feels life and communicates with life on all senses, that isn't afraid and isn't running away, that is willing to communicate on all levels? Please, folks, Let's not autocorrect humanity. Let's understand those boundaries and live within them. Because if not, we're going to pay the price. So much more on this subject about buying a phone for a kid too soon. Um, people are giving phones to their babies. A, electronically and radiatively is not good. Um, and we're teaching them that the phone is, is so important. Uh, it's a tool, it's a tool, it's a tool. It's a very great, wonderful tool, but it's a tool. Please do not use it instead of other stimulation or other conversation. Please, please. Look at the person in their eyes. Touch their hand, feel that vibration and talk to one another. Put the phone down. Until next week. <laughs>